Welcome to Bourbon and Bible with Pastor Ben. Today we are discussing Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 12, 15 through 23, and 24 through 29. It's three different sections of the Sermon on the Mount, finishing it off for our study. Our prayer request this week comes from Jack. Jack's mother has been dealing with Alzheimer's for quite a while and has had some complications recently and they are looking at the options of either sending her into a nursing facility or bringing her home and putting her under hospice care. And he and his family could use our prayers. Jack, we're praying with you. Let's go ahead and start our study off with a prayer today. Almighty God, we thank you for the lessons that you've taught us through Jesus, the wisdom that we can learn from studying your scripture. Please, Lord, allow this not to be the best part of our day, but merely a building block to something greater to come. Amen. Today, I am drinking Marksman bourbon. It is a distillery out of Louisville, Kentucky that makes an incredibly sippable whiskey. As I mentioned in our introduction, we are going to be splitting our reading into three different sections, covering topics that Jesus discussed through parables. We have a fairly long reading today if we were to read it all at once, so I figured it would be easier for us to divide it up this way just so we can tackle it in little bits. Additionally, this will be the end of our discussion on the Sermon on the Mound as it is presented in the Gospel of Matthew. I know I skipped around a bit, but I think we covered a lot of the important pieces of information that Jesus discussed on the Sermon on the Mound. However, if you'd like to, feel free to read the rest of chapter 6, as well as the part of chapter 7 that we skipped today. But let's go ahead and jump into our reading. Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7 through 12. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, in everything... Do to others as you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 12. When I was in youth group, each year we had a youth Sunday. And we would sing certain songs and often put on some sort of play that would serve as the message for that week. I remember one of my last years in youth group, we sung a song about this scripture. I remember singing, ask and it'll be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. It's a catchy song, but I'm not the greatest singer. But you can see why this scripture was picked, particularly for a song. It's easy to remember and it's rather simple. Some people call it a confidence scripture. It is a scripture that gives you confidence in the Lord. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. 
And that's not incorrect. This scripture gives you confidence. Confidence in the Lord. But it also does something else. Whenever you translate anything, you lose part of the original essence. And there's some words in scripture that just don't have their original meaning outside of Greek or Hebrew. When I was in high school and college, I studied French. And I remember being confused when we discussed tenses in particular, because French has more tenses than English. If you look only at French past tense, you'll see that there are five different past tense in the French language, while English only has four. And the same is true for Quinike Greek. There are more tenses in Greek than there are in English. And the words here, ask, seek, and knock, are presented in Greek in the imperative, indicating that it is a constant ask, a constant seeking, and a constant knock. You're not asking once or seeking once or knocking once, but you are constantly doing all three. It is a persistent prayer that is emphasized, not just doing it once. And this adds an additional layer to this whole situation. It is a constant request, a request for bread over and over again. We talked last week how bread is not just a physical need, but a spiritual one, that the bread of life is more than the bread that you have in your pantry. So when Jesus says that we will not be given a stone when we ask for bread, he's also not saying that we're just going to get a loaf of bread. Our spiritual understanding and our spiritual health is important. Because sometimes when people pray for things, well, it doesn't always seem that they are given what they prayed for. Sometimes people pray for the health of a loved one, only for them to ultimately die. And you might feel as if that door was closed to you, that your prayers weren't answered. But I found sometimes that the door that opens isn't always the door that you would expect to open. And just because prayers weren't answered in the way that you expect it doesn't mean they weren't answered at all. Sometimes you'll ask for bread, but the bread that was given to you was a different kind of bread than you expected. You might ask for a fish, and you will be given some kind of fish and not a snake, but don't expect sashimi-level tuna when instead you really need fried catfish. What is given to you in prayer is what you need. It's not bad, but sometimes it's not what you expected. And you can see that in the way that this scripture ends, because this passage seems like it's covering two different topics. One is about prayer, and the other is about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Saying that this summarizes all the law and all the prophets. The golden rule, as it is presented in the Gospel of Matthew, is not just found in Christianity, but it's found in Judaism, as well as Hinduism, Buddhism, and Confucianism. It occurs in Greek philosophy and also in Roman law. This golden rule is not something unique to Jesus, but it shows us that the love of God transcends 
all. That the basic principle, doing unto others as you would have done unto you, is there for everyone. This parable shows us that often our prayers are answered in a way that we wouldn't expect. But it's not that we are given a stone, but we are given a different kind of bread, a spiritual bread, a bread of life. Our next reading for today is, again, Matthew chapter 7, but this time verse 15 through 23. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by the fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, Did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 23. So we have our confidence scripture in the last passage we read, and then we have this. We have one that says, if you ask, you will receive, and then this one's completely different. Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. I think you can see why my youth group did not sing about this scripture. So how is it that we have the scripture before this one, which talks about the welcoming nature of God and how all of the laws and all of the prophets were summed up in one golden rule, only for Jesus to tell us now that if our tree does not bear good fruit, we'll be cut down and cast aside by the Lord. Again, the imagery of the tree is a familiar one to us, of a tree being cut down and thrown into the fire. It's one of the images that John the Baptist used to talk about Jesus before his coming. But an important piece of information we can have to understand why Jesus would say this comes from the audience that Jesus was talking to and the audience of the Gospel of Matthew. Most of the people that heard Jesus' Sermon on the Mound were Hebrew. They were Jewish. And something that's not often well understood, particularly when we study the Bible, is how respected Pharisees were back then by the average Jew. When you read the Bible, it can seem as if the Pharisees were a hated group universally. But in reality, they probably weren't. They were probably respected by the general population who often may not have known really what the Pharisees did, or how they really should have felt about them. 
Uh, Pharisees were probably seen in the same way as you might see a minister or a priest today. But Jesus called out these group of people here and many other times. That's who he is talking about, the people who would call upon the Lord and he would say, I did not know you. The false prophets weren't Christians, but other people around him, people that would have been familiar to this original audience. Because often this scripture is used to divide Christians, saying that other Christians will be cast aside while whoever is saying this, their group will be fine. But that's not who Jesus is calling out. Jesus is advocating for others to teach in his name, not the name of others around him. As someone who believes in the unity among Christians, regardless of denomination, I can see how someone who might be different than me could still teach the truth. And I think Jesus would too. So it's not for us to condemn different churches or different Christians, but for us to support them, everyone teaching in Jesus' name. Our final teaching for today, and a final parable, comes from Matthew chapter 7, again, verse 24 through 29. Therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against his house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, like a foolish man who built his house on sand, then the rain came down, the stream rose, the winds blew and beat against his house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Matthew Chapter 7, verse 24 through 29. This parable ends the Sermon on the Mount. You can tell this because in the end he said Jesus was finished speaking. This parable is seen both in Matthew and in Luke. And in both it says basically the same thing. It's about putting God's words into practice not merely saying that you will live by Jesus' teaching, but by actually doing it, like a man who builds a house on a firm foundation. I'd like to say that this was a complicated parable, but it's really not. It's fairly simple. It's about putting what you've learned into practice, not merely listening to the Sermon on the Mound, but actually living it out in your life. Because this is the end of a rather long section of Jesus' teaching. And it's important to remember that this was a sermon. It wasn't primarily a written document. Jesus preached this to a great crowd who came to hear him teach. He was telling them that just because you've come today and heard me does not mean that you are better off. You need to actually do it. I know here in America... We have people who come to church on Sunday morning and hear a sermon about showing love and compassion to all, 
And then they go out to eat for lunch, and they treat the wait staff there as poorly as possible. They know what they're supposed to do, they just heard about it, but yet they don't put it into practice. They are like someone who builds their house on sand. It all gets washed away. And Jesus is telling us not to do this. Yes, we may be amazed by his teaching, but we actually have to put it into practice in our lives, to live it out. In the end, the crowd is thankful to have heard from someone who teaches with authority. This is a comparison to the Pharisees and the other teachers of the law. They often quoted other rabbis when they gave their lectures, but Jesus didn't do that. Instead, he spoke as one who didn't need to quote anyone else. He spoke as one who was the Son of God. Next week, we will talk about three healing narratives and see how we can learn from them as well. As always, thank you for joining me today. If you have any prayer requests or questions over the material, please reach out to me and email me at bibleperiodbourbon at gmail.com. Additionally, if you do drink, please do so responsibly. While it is true that Jesus drank wine, an occasional glass is different than an addiction. If you need help, please seek it. If you need help but don't know where to look, please reach out to me, and I'll be happy to guide you. Blessings, everyone.